0: We are here again from Cape Town's American Corner, and today we are going to have another great interview with, a, we are really so privileged to be here with Tamburai Tirumi. Uh, she's a South, South South African from Cape Town. Yes, that's
1: correct. Great. I'm
0: checking with our guest here. Uh, we're here with Zoe again, and we're so happy to have a, another conversation. Uh, I'll, she will introduce herself, but still, I'll do a really brief introduction. She is the founder of One of Each, a really amazing brand of bags and accessories we've already tried here in Cape Town but also we had some in advance prior to come here so welcome here thank you for being here with us we are so happy Uh, would you like to introduce yourself just a bit
1: Okay, so thank you firstly for having me, and secondly, welcome to Cape Town. I think that's something very important to note. Thank you, we love it. Um, so as you've said, my name is Tambarai Chirume, and I was born in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and we relocated from Zimbabwe when I was five years old, and um, I own a luxury leather handbag company, which is um, Inspired. Um, through Africa. Um, so we create beautiful bags and accessories. And we're a mother and daughter brand, which is, I think, one of the most important yes. things. Um, my mom's the designer and I'm the business behind um, the brand. And we've also just evolved over time. Um, we've been offering some really interesting training and we're an all-woman company.
2: Thank you. Uh, I actually, one thing you forgot to mention, and I will use this opportunity, is that you don't sell only in South Africa, but uh, in you export quite a lot, which I think is important in terms Absolutely. of what are the potentials. And just, I would like for you to talk a little bit more about this uh, mother and daughter bond in terms of the things you uh, how it all started because I know it's 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 a very interesting story because your mom is a designer who was unemployed for a lot of time then you quit your job and you started a business so tell us how it went and how do you feel uh, working with your mom because I'm sure it must be challenging
1: Okay, so um, when we moved here in 1992, my mom had left a very successful clothing factory in Zimbabwe. And growing up, it bothered me that, you know, as a woman, she had let go of her career, Mm -hmm. uh, moving to a place that had just... um, you know, was on a journey of diversity and transition, um, there was no way that she would break into the fashion industry. And I just knew that somewhere, somehow, I needed to do something about it because this woman couldn't have um, sacrificed her joy and dreams um, for her children full-time. So I think it really happened organically. Um, Over time, though, my mom still had, like, incredible clients, um, which she just always had them Mm one-on-one, you know, and... You know, after after university, I started working in the banking sector. I learned a lot in the banking sector. I think my experience was very different to most of the people who come from corporate because a lot of people complain and have horrible stories about the corporate industry. But I looked at that big building. And I thought if some human started this, I could implement how happy I was there in a creative business, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's how I think one of each started because the corporate industry actually gave me that belief. I had really great colleagues who would always tell me that, Mm We were all creative somehow, but we were never brave enough to oh, leave okay. a stable corporate career. So you're still really young. Go out and do it. So I think the corporate industry really was made a great impact um, in my journey. And then in 2013, we started um, the label, and here we are now. <laughs>
0: Wow, I'm already inspired. I don't know about you, but you know, this female business, also I think this is great advice also for familiar business that are also always challenging and have other quite complex and different situations. Uh, if you have to choose uh, one or two things, what do you think is that make, made you
1: succeed on your business? I think the relationship building, really giving people time, um, because people then remember how you've made them feel. Sometimes it's then beyond the product. Mm-hmm. You know, people remember, you know, that's one-on-one. I really think we are all different, and I think that's where the name, the brand name, besides the fact that we do one of each, one of each comes from the relationships we have with our customers. Each and every customer is different, and we shouldn't put them under one umbrella, especially if we're going to say that we're a luxury brand. You know, so I think that is what makes us different as, as one of each.
2: I think that's actually quite amazing because, for example, um, I know when when you go to one of each uh, shop store, it's everything has its unique uh, uh, stamp. So everything is different. Every garment is different. And now, when I hear you talk about every customer is different and unique, then then suddenly that makes sense. So uh, I think this is also the very correlated with what we are trying to do with this podcast to showcase that each of that we are all one of each, like uh, individuals mm-hmm. and uh, and unique. So I think. But also it's very interesting to the conversations I have with Maka. She's very brand oriented, but she always talks about brands in terms of experience. Like she knows the identity of the brands uh, she uses and I love it. I'm still not that uh, uh, aware. And I think that's exactly uh, what you are trying to make. So I think it's, uh, it's very deep. But for example... Sorry to interrupt uh-huh. you, but I want
0: to add something. Somebody once says, you may not remember what you said, but you will always remember how they made you feel. Absolutely. And I think all that you were saying, it's all about emotions, all about making feel people good. And the thing, especially among women and female, like we need to connect and to embrace the women we are and our singularity, whatever it is. And I think one of which
1: helps us get, get you there. Absolutely. And I think if we look at the fact that we're saying that it's a proudly African brand, the African spirit is about I am because Mm -hmm. we are, you know, so. (laughs) So why should it then be different when we're selling something or, you know, I think we didn't start the business to say we wanted to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We started the business because my mom also is just a very kind person and she's always helped people in her journey, you know? So I also then thought, why can't we do this properly? Why don't we start a business? So I think, We need to start looking at how we sell things differently to people. I think authenticity has been lacking for a very long time, and the world is in a very dangerous place at the moment that we actually need each other more than anything else.
2: Thank you. And uh, since we are building a global podcast, I also wanted you maybe to share with us because you mentioned you came here from Zimbabwe Mm -hmm. and I I assume that for most of uh, the people out there uh, and for myself as well but you helped me understand it Mm -hmm. is uh, and now when we are here in Cape Town we meet a lot of people from Zimbabwe and uh, can you share how it is is it different like to be Um, in a way a foreigner in South Africa and uh, because I also understand that that's another part of what makes you unique that you managed Mm. to do although it's not easy in this. uh,
1: So that dynamic is very interesting because I'm basically what I would call an insider, insider outsider because When we came here, we didn't come through a time where it was like a struggle or anything of that. Like my dad came here to start a travel agency. Mm -hmm. He was the first black man in Cape Town to own a travel agency. Um, So I think we had a little bit of a better advantage. We could live in the areas that black people weren't really allowed to Mm -hmm. live in. My brother and I were like the first black children at some of the schools that we went to but it was still in itself very, very challenging every time I wanted to go back home. I never felt South African enough. I never Mm -hmm. felt black enough. I never felt white enough. I was just sort of in the middle and high school I went to a very racist high school but for me that was the greatest experience I ever had and that is why I can be the individual that I am today it's not that I don't need people but I have a very strong individuality that I feel no one can take away from me because that harsh experience helped me find me find who I am You know, so I think within those experiences, sometimes that we do experience and think, you know, this was hard and all of that, we don't know where it's taking us to. And I strongly feel now that I'm South African, I need to own it. Mm -hmm. I'm more South African than I am Zimbabwean because I came here when I was five. So it's a journey, it's a journey. And when I see someone... Or young children who are um, who've just relocated here I look at them and I just think your future's going to be bright because you're being exposed to cultures that are new you're being exposed to what ordinary people don't have on a, on a daily basis so that's been the biggest gift I think my, my parents have ever given to me but they just don't know.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's somehow when I look back, because I'm I'm born in Bosnia, so we had a war and I moved when I was four to Serbia. Mm-hmm. And it's also very interesting how those things shaped me, especially during my childhood when you were when there were a lot of refugees from Serbia and Bosnia. And somehow, um although uh I don't feel like I, I suffered from discrimination in a in a sense, but that fact that I was different and that I was asked some questions without which other didn't I think also shaped me in a way so I think this is also something that kept uh, that repeats itself a lot in our conversations how hardship actually uh, when you look at after five or ten years it's something that made us the people we are but uh, let's try something else let's let's switch the topic and uh, what do you think um, is something that actually holds you back, mm-hmm. that uh, maybe you didn't move fast enough or that 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 now when you look back again is something that is still maybe holding you back.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you mean in terms of personally or my business? Whatever you want. Holistically. Yes. I, I think that I didn't leave my banking job um, early enough. Oh, because okay. Because while I was working... In the banking job, that was the peak of one of each. You know, mm-hmm. our startup phase was very different to most startups, where one sort of like really struggles during the start. We really had a really rapid, mm-hmm. you know, start of really great cash flow, and it was it was really amazing. And I think if I had left soon enough, sooner, <laughs> um, I think the business itself would but have been. Th- what you
2: did you think at the time? Why didn't
1: you leave? I was. I think I was. I was trapped into the system, the system of how great the the, the the institution I worked for was. You know, HR was really great. We were made to feel really part of the organization. And I think that's what kept me there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the money. Um, it wasn't necessarily... It was the people. I had really great relationships with people there that I, you know, like I had to think about it so many times. And I think when I left... It was good because I was being put in a really compromising position where I started questioning myself. So even leaving happened organically. I left one meeting on Friday afternoon and I said, no, this is it. I love this place, but I need to become me. I need to build my own empire.
0: Well, I love that because you're talking about connecting with yourself, like being honest with yourself. And here in read we love talking about that because we feel we need to like have this goal to action to start listening to ourselves, to start uh, being honest to the women we are and the way we want to live. So congratulations for that. Um, If there's something you regret in your life, what would
1: be? Sorry, tough question. Maybe in the
2: private.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's really tough. Let me think in the privates. I think I must have let go of a really good partner at some point in time. I might have just not been... I don't know what the word is, but yeah, I think that's one of the things that I do regret. I broke up with someone who was really amazing. (laughs) Wow, that's it. That's uh, an interesting regret. Don't you think you're on time yet, still? Well, I mean, I think I was really young then, and I feel that now I would have, you know, understood that type of personality that type of personality type would have been more in sync with who I am now mm-hmm. but that's okay
2: yeah it's you know okay. yeah
1: I really believe everything is perfect as it is you know and yeah. I think
2: that
0: you are looking that backwards <laughs> because you are here now but uh, yeah. same with the banking industry I've been there too I work eight years at the banking industry and it really I think it's I stayed there too long because mm-hmm. then it took me too long to reinvent myself again but Absolutely. I share with you that all those learnings are invaluable for or the rest of my startup projects and
1: everything. Absolutely.
0: Okay, and what about uh, uh, your network? Like, we know that you, you have great networks here in South Africa. You're building great networks about women and
1: whatever. Which was the largest support you got from your network? I think the largest support has been staying connected. Mm-hmm. Staying connected and really having intentional relationships and i went to some workshop the other day and they asked me what are your expectations and i said i never have, have expectations in my life and that is how i've lived my life
2: wow but what who made you be surprised who supported you for example mm-hmm. who made a part I, I assume your mom and your family absolutely but are there some people who you, now when you also look back because this is a, a conversation of looking back but at some point we also have to look forward but Absolutely. what do you think who made you? Who helped you believe in yourself, or uh, opened up some door for you, which mm-hmm. you maybe didn't even expect?
1: Okay, I think in terms of believing in myself, my mom played a really mm-hmm. big role in that. As a woman, um, she was very much like you don't have to feel like my mom is very non-system based, so oh. she doesn't believe that people need to have a master's degree to be successful. We love you know, her. so <laughs> I think um, staying really close to her has helped me really be grounded in this business because also fashion business can be really interesting. You know, you need, if you really want the business part of it to be quite successful, you need to really be grounded. But in terms of the women that have supported me, I think holistically, every single woman who's part of the network that I've been in have been equally responsible for my growth, you know, because they're all just so wonderful. I mean, Robisa is definitely one of Mm -hmm. them, but All the women that have been in my network have equally supported, equally bought from the business, even when they didn't need a handbag. They've always found a way to say, okay, I'm going to buy a gift for so-and-so or that kind of thing, you know. So I think, you know, and every day I keep on meeting other incredible women like yourselves, Um, the women that I've been with on IVLP, um, you know, the 24 women from the 24 African countries. Each and every single woman, I still have a relationship with them. You know, um, we recently did a collaboration in Germany with one of wow. my IVLP mm-hmm. alumni where we took students from both from her country, Senegal, and my country to Frankfurt. So I think women who I can then work with to help other people, I think, are the type of people who I believe have just been a great, um, a great, the English word, you know, uh, yeah, a great Catalyst. Yes, ah, that's the word. <laughs> oh, that's a word.
0: By the way, I think you're a great example of collaboration. And I love how you speak about people and connecting what people each other is authentically and, and uh, how you're talking about this collaboration uh, network. Uh, and uh, if you, if you could say or you could uh, define one superpower you have, because we know you're, you're a super powerful woman, mm. what would, which would it be?
1: I believe that my superpower is that I am so zen (laughs) about everything. Like, I am very still... I'm very still and I believe it has really helped me in the process. It has helped other people um, just be able to then balance energies um, because I believe that that's also very important and we are all different. So high energy, low energies. And, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see the difference in within who we are as people, because some way and somehow you, we each have a puzzle like mm-hmm. the way your necklace looks, you know, <laughs> there's, each and every piece and component that fits in where it's supposed to be. And we just need to find our place as people.
2: I think that's very important, especially in the sense that um, I think there is this common uh, mm-hmm. th- line of thought that yeah. in order to be successful or in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be uh, very non, not Zen, like you have to care, you have to, uh, the, the fact that when somebody cares, then it means that they are nervous, that they are stressed, that they uh, shout, open the doors. That, and I think it's also important to showcase women who are not like that. And, that, uh, and thank you for sharing that. But as every superhero, uh, you have some of your superpowers, but then you have your weaknesses. So what's yours?
1: I think mine is that I can be too kind. Um, This year has been a year of learning to... Build boundaries because when you do have that kind nature of empathy, even leading with empathy, you will find people who will try Mm -hmm. and try and change who you are. I won't allow it to change who I am because I've kept on saying that if anything starts to change who I am, it's not for me the very same thing as it was with my banking job. Mm. I felt like it was changing who I am. So I think sometimes leading with empathy, that kindness. um...
2: And I have now, I would like to hear your thought on that because Mm. I had several times in my life the same uh, thoughts. Am I being too naive? Am I helping out people who are using that? I see you nodding so that means that you understand. But somehow every time when I thought about it and I realized okay, I need to uh, not be hurt like that or not be used like that then when i think about uh, that's my uh, initial reaction but then when i give it a little thought and i realize that if i start setting up uh, boundaries in the sense no i will not be trusting anyone or something yeah. that also doesn't work doesn't because work. suddenly i'm not me and i start so, uh, so how did you manage to set boundaries without losing yourself
1: Okay, so I think it's first connecting with who you are, mm-hmm. like getting back into you. And, I mean, I am religious, so I believe wow. in God. Um, I believe that there is a higher power than me. So I learn to let go. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that I just let go and that I feel is important as well. Yeah.
2: That, that's cool. Uh, okay, I think we are uh, wrapping it up. Uh, is there a tambourine just for end something that you would like to share and we didn't ask you?
1: Well, what I'd like to share is that I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the the difficulties that I've experienced in my life. It hasn't been easy. This year has also had its challenges. And I'm grateful to be here right now with you beautiful ladies. And I wish you all the best. And it it truly comes from the bottom of my heart. And keep on reaching out and speaking to more women from different industries. And I hope to see you back in Cape Town.
2: And we hope to see you in our countries or anywhere else in the world. Thank you very much. This was great. Thank you for sharing. And um, I wish you luck. By the way, Tambura is speaking in a very important event uh, next week. Maybe tell us something about it.
1: Okay. So I have been invited to speak uh, about one of each at um, the Facebook's annual EMEA conference. And I'll be speaking about one of each and how we've really turned into a creative social enterprise. So I'm very excited. I'm very nervous. But I believe that, you know, letting go.
2: <laughs> I'm sure you're going to rock. And we will share with our, with our audience how it went. We'll ask you. We wish you best of luck, safe uh, travel, and uh, good luck in Dublin. Thank you very much. Cool. That's it. Uh, That's it from the SheRocks Global this episode. We've spoken with Tamburai from one of each. And uh, we'll chat next time with some other amazing guests. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another SheRocks Global episode. And please help us in finding more amazing women who are willing to share with us not only their successes, but mistakes and learnings too best way to do so and to connect with us is on Instagram and Facebook. This season is recorded at American Corner in Cape Town where you can also find our sound engineer T. Craig Gagana. Team music for this podcast is composed and arranged through collaboration between South African musician Osije and Hannah Sikaso from Germany. Mixing engineer is T. Luminous. And your podcast hosts producing this from three different continents are Makarena Bota, Nobisa Mayema and Zoya